The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. This is Joe Irwin. And this is Wayne Jefferson. From Jefferson Irwin Racing. And you're listening to Real Racing USA. We are back here, Real Racing USA, live on Tuesday night, and I'll tell you, you just never know. You just never know what's going to happen when you're getting ready for the (laughs) A-Main. The A-Main is here, man. (laughs) The A-Main is here, and uh, and, uh, our featured guest, Ken Kenny, had to to make a a quick pit stop before he got out onto the track. Welcome back, Ken. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. (laughs) Had a mechanical malfunction there. The biggest race day of your life is coming. Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's I. I thought about that a lot after we talked about it. That is a fact. So, so uh, just start off by telling us where you are right now with this whole deal, man. Um, you know, last year I started promoting the the little track down by my house, and you know, it's the first time I've been around dirt racing in about twenty years, and. Uh, you know, basically, when I traveled around, a lot of the guys said, hey, there's no series in Florida. You know, there's nothing for us to do that pays any money. And I heard it pretty well universally everywhere we went. And, uh, you know, I got to know a lot of the guys, uh, you know, that had the late models and the limited late models. You know, they were driving both classes or late models and modified through my series. And, um, you know, I got talking to them a little bit about, you know, what I could do to help. And I, and I, and I had, uh, I had to decide, you know, whether I wanted to drive a race car again or whether I wanted to own a race car and have somebody drive it or, you know, what I wanted to do. And, you know, I truly believe that, you know, I'll give back the most to the sport by doing what I'm doing. And when, where we're at with the series, um, I uh, promoted very heavily in Florida around the East Bay area because that was a huge glutton of cars. And I got to know most of those guys up in that area. And... uh then I wandered up into Georgia, and I went to the um, National Late Models uh, end of the year uh, summer showdown, and uh, or not summer showdown, uh, showdown at the coast up at uh, Golden Isle Speedway, and I got to know a lot of those guys up in that area, and they, um, you know, that's where it ballooned from there. You know, they said if I wanted to compete, I had to come up with at least a ten thousand dollar to win points fund, and uh, after listening to them, you know, that's what I did. I came up with that, and. We've added a little more, a little more, a little more to the points. And, uh, you know, most all the races are anywhere from three to $7,000 to win. Um, you know, we've, we've landed some tremendous sponsors, you know, the latest one being Pace American, you know, the trailer company. And, uh, you know, they committed to us for, you know, the Rookie of the Year. Uh, and then Bruce's Signs is the other sponsor of the Rookie of the Year uh, deal. And... Um, you know, we've been adding sponsors ever since. I mean, Russell Brown Race Cars donated quite a bit of equipment for our, uh, you know, banquet and that type of thing. And, you know, it's been growing ever since. I mean, I mean, you this thing grew to the point where you actually had to change the name before your first race because it was growing. Yes, sir, absolutely. Uh, it was kind of hard to go up in Georgia and call it the Florida Dirt Late Model Challenge Series and you know, that started with Golden Isles and grew over to Waycross. And uh, then, you know, I, I st- we started to come up with, you know, the Florida-Georgia. And it was actually my wife. She said, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. 
because what happens if you want to go into Alabama? And lo and behold, uh, we ended up making a race with East Alabama Speedway. And, uh, you know, she was right. You know, so we came up with the United Dirt Late Mall Challenge Series. And, uh, you know, there's been, you know, I've had a lot of help with this thing. I mean, I started on my own and, you know, but there's probably a many a night that uh, me and Kip Brendel or Tommy Kelly, it, it started out me and Kip because, you know, Tommy's uh, driven my dirt limited late model and modified, you know, in recent years. And, you know, uh, he has a lot of aspirations to still drive a car. And then uh, about a few months back, I was looking for a tech man. And, you know, we tried real hard to hire a man by the name of Tim Sims, who uh, is with uh, one of the crate series. And uh, basically, you know, Tommy Kelly said, well, you know, what about me? And I said, well, I thought you wanted to drive more. And he said, well, you know, I see this as being a lot bigger deal right now. So he kind of, you know, stepped out of the seat for a minute to, uh, you know, to help me with this deal. So between him and, uh, you know, Kip, we, we talk probably every day for at least an hour. Sometimes me and Kip talk two hours. And he lives in Kentucky. And, you know, he's probably the only one I know who likes to talk more than me. <laughs> and uh, he'll talk for two hours straight. And he's in a different time zone than me, so he's got a big leg up on me. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. Hey, yeah, real quick, Ken. This is Scott McAllister sitting there for Rick Angie tonight here on Racing uh, Radio. Just a couple of quick questions that went over to your website, and obviously we had some questions about uh, some of the late models that could run over in the series here at the Ocala Speedway. If you, if you take a moment and clarify that, if you could. Yes, sir, absolutely. Uh, when I started this series, I wanted it to make it to where any late model in Florida could run it with four motor categories originally. And... Um, you know, that fourth motor category would have been an open motor at a, at a higher weight. And, um, you know, after traveling around and, you know, a little bit of confusion, we, we decided against that to drop the super late model uh, motor, you know, because we figured for every one car we pick up, we'd lose 10 national late models or crate cars. And uh, so we settled on the crate. You know, I mean, anybody that's been to East Bay Race, Raceway Park, they see that the crates and the 362 limited motor run head-to-head every weekend. And, um, you know, it's probably about 50-50, you know, the crate motors and what they know as the East Bay motor. And, uh, you know, I, and then I've seen a lot of national late model. Ryan Mitchell is a perfect example. You know, he's going to run for Rookie of the Year, and he runs a national late model motor there on a regular basis. Um, his father was telling me they may not have time to take their crate motor out this week, even they're going to take their crate motor to Ocala. Um, but long story short, I've seen the three motors run together, and... Um, there was a lot of discussion. I think that was one of the most controversial things was between the National 8 model motor and the 20, you know, the 362 limited motor. And what we ended up doing, we added a little more weight to the East Bay motor or the 362 motor, you know, than what well, that was 50 pounds, right? 50 pounds, 20 of it, 25 of it up front in front of the motor plate. So you know that put a little more up front. And uh, the National 8 model guys seem to be real happy with that now. Okay. Good deal. Yeah, I saw that on there once again. I just want to be able to clarify that. And then the other thing that when I go to your website, the first thing I have to take a look at, and once again, you have to excuse my ignorance as I've been saying all night long. Tell me about this gentleman named Doodle Pickens, because, man, my wife and I looked at that. We busted out laughing. But, hey, you know, it's just a name. Hey, over here in the dirt side, everybody's got a nickname. But this is really a, a person, Doodle Pickens. Tell me about it. Yeah, Do- Doodle Pipkin. See, I thought his name was Doodle Pickens at first, and it's Doodle I did too, Pipkin. okay. It's Doodle Pipkin, P-I-P-K-N. And um, if you look at his machinery on the thing, it's no joke. I mean, he's got an awesome car. 
He's a top ten yeah. contender always, you know. And I mean, he's got a nice is, piece to look. He's got a really nice looking piece on there. Yes, sir. But, no, that is definitely his name. And uh, I talked to him up there again at Brunswick a couple times, and uh, he ended up contacting me, and he was full of excitement. He said, "I'm definitely going to run the series, and you know, I want to run the whole deal." And you know, he's got a crate motor in the car, but he's run the crate motors against the, uh, you know, the national late models right there at Brunswick, where it's super fast. And uh, he's, he's a real nice guy to talk to, real nice guy. Uh, so, you know uh, what? Go ahead, you know, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I know you've been working really hard with Mike Peters. Uh, you know, obviously, because, you know, we, Jack and I wanted to do this show, obviously, about dirt racing in general, and then, of course, obviously, about the first race back here at Ocala on dirt. I know you and Mike have, have worked together, and, and you've seen Mike, you know, during this transition, tell me how that's worked for you and that and that relationship. Sure, um, Mike Peters. First of all, I mean, I love Angie. First of all, his fiance, but Mike has been a workhorse and and an awesome gentleman. I mean, you know, we, we pounded it today on the telephone probably eight or ten times. At the end of the day, I called him up. I said, "You tired yet?" And he laughed and he called me this morning and asked me, "Hey, you all right?" Because um, you know we. Here's what happened. I heard the track was going to go to dirt, and I, I called them before it even came public, and um, I asked him if I could have the Powell Memorial, and he went, i got to think uh. about that. <laughs> and that's how it started. I wanted the Powell Memorial, just like I wanted the Ponce de Leon race. I mean, I want all the top dirt races in Florida that um, you know don't have an affiliation with the series. I wanted to make them part of my series, and sure. I pretty much figured what I could give them in return was a guaranteed big car count. You know, and, and Mike went along with that. And then um, a couple months later, and this was a real challenge, Kip was down here uh, for my end-of-the-year deal in, over in New Henry County Speedway. And, you know, they had the track prep great. I had guys that had been there during the summer that were disappointed that said, look, you know, we, we read the place wrong. It was really manicured good. And, you know, we, we you know they were they said they'd come back, and they, they really enjoyed it. But... I felt like Ocala being a new surface was about as fair as you could humanly get for the guys from Georgia and the guys from Florida because nobody had raced on that track, you know, in, in years on dirt, and it was a neutral location, you know. And uh, I asked Mike about it. it. took him a while. He got back with me about three weeks, and he said, and I want to clear something up on the air. This is important to me. Uh, you know, I've had people complain that we're not qualifying. We're not qualifying because that was part of my agreement with Mike Peters. He he said, you know, this is my grand opening. There's going to be a lot of pomp and circumstance here, and, and there's a lot of, you know, I want to get the people in. They're my customers, and I want them to have a great time and be on the road by 1130 or so. And uh, I don't know that he's going to manage that with the car count that we've got. But, uh, you know, definitely, you know, p part of our agreement was that we would run heat races rather than qualify because he didn't know what the track would do. And uh, the other thing was that we'd cut the lap count down to 30 laps, which we, we met him halfway between 50 and 40, you know, at 40. Right. And uh, but anyway, he's been wonderful. He can't get any better than Mike Peters. Well, you know, and that's and that is true. And I was and that was part of the deal. I, I was talking about dirt race nerd, and I said, you know what, he's bad. I was. You know, honored to. They had me down there to do the Winter National, so I got indoctrinated down there. But I said, man, nobody ever got out of the car. And obviously, the, you know, Mike has done a lot of work here in the community as far as bringing, bringing the community in here, not only race car drivers and race fans, but the community in general uh, to a new track. And you know, it's a new deal, and that's kind of the way he's trying to trying to promote this. And it is, and it is a new deal, uh, even though it's been this way for many, many, many years. 
But for the last 10 years, it hasn't been this way. And, um, you know, my thing is, if you, if you haven't been to a dirt race, man, what a great track, what a great opportunity. And then on top of that, you throw your guys' series coming in and the names that you have affiliated with it. It's going to be a great show. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I can't, you know, I could talk a lot about it. I mean, obviously, because, uh, and I have put a lot of hours in. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've had some real candid conversations with people. Um, you know, one of the big things in short track racing now is everybody's got a tire deal and everybody's getting paid. And, uh, again, publicly on air, that's not the facts with me. Um, I have no affiliation as far as, uh, you know, getting paid per tire or per this or per that. I listen to all the racers and, I drew the line where I thought the majority of the cars, you know, from the majority of the tracks were. And, uh, you know, I went with the tire combination I did. And, uh, you know, both tire companies contributed to my points fund. Uh, but that was the extent of it, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of proud of that, too, because I don't have anybody leading me around the nose, by the nose. You know, we're partners in the deal. But yet, you know, we've, we've made the rules and we're going to live with the rules and, you know, and enforce them. And, uh, That's the main thing is just sticking by whatever rules you have. I mean, everybody has agreed to the rules. When they come in, they put their car on the track. That means they've agreed to it. And uh, same way down at East Bay, you know, when somebody's muffler came off, I heard Todd every single night say, the one thing you have to do is you got to have a muffler on here. And if it falls off, I don't care. I'm sorry about your luck. And, you know, and that and that indeed did happen, and it fell off. And, it, you know, he had to say, I'm sorry, but... When you put your car there in the track, you've agreed to, you know, to race by those rules. And that's the, as long as you can stick to them, I, I know that's the most important thing. And, and, Ken, you know, obviously anybody who's in the promotion game, regardless of what kind of promotion, it takes a special uh, blend of, of talents to be successful at it. And in, in racing, uh, that's obviously anybody that knows anything about this game knows that good promoters really – there's a lot of people out there promoting, but to be successful over a long period of time is, takes a very special set of, of talents. Like, how did you get to this point? I mean, what are the big influences in your life that got you in a position where you have the, the uh, ability to handle the politics, the ability to handle uh, the drive and the energy and being positive? Who has been the big influences in, in, in your life that got you into this game? Um, to be very honest with you, my father and mother, um, although they've never been, you know, they didn't own a business, uh, my father started carrying me to the racetrack at Orange County Speedway in Middletown, New York, uh, in a baby carriage, that, Flemington, Nazareth, all up through there. I moved to Florida in 1973, uh, right after I sat in Buzzy Ruderman's car when he won the Eastern States 200 when I was probably eight years old. And, uh, but my parents, my dad getting me to the races. Now, as far as, uh, you know, trying to be a leader and, you know, put things together, um, I don't know, man. I've always been involved. I mean, I, I, I was involved in every type of sport. So I thank a lot of my coaches. You know, I mean, I, I put it back even to athletics. You know, I had some great football coaches, baseball coaches. I went into, played sports in college, you know, and a lot of that, a lot of discipline came from that. And, uh, you know, and then I got into business at a young age. I mean, I, I've been in the mobile home business since I was 20 years old, and I want to say I was in my mid-20s when I started my own dealership. And, you know, uh, the mobile home business is kind of a rough racket like a lot of other businesses. I mean, it's a lot involved, and, and there is, again, you're dealing with a lot of people, uh, building departments, county government, 
And uh, I want to say my business and my athletic background, you know, I, I, and, my, and my father and mother, you know, that's really, you know, what, what drove me in this deal. And, and, and honestly, I don't know. I told my wife, we were talking the other day, she said, you know, we'd have it easy right now if we didn't, you know, we hadn't started the series right now. And don't get me wrong, she enjoys it. She likes going to racing and hanging out with the girls and stuff. But there's something inside of me that's got to be a part of something big, no matter what I'm doing. Whether I mean, I've had traveling softball teams that traveled all over the country. I just it's something that drives me, and I get bored really easy if I, if I'm not doing something, uh, you know, business. It's kind of my getaway. But I've always got to have something going on on the side. Whether it's you know, even prior to that, I coached kids for years, and I coached three basketball teams, and they'd get on me, man. You sure you want to coach three teams? It was just it's my style to try to make something big and try to make something great, you know, and, and I really... you got to be right at home here, man. Race car drivers and kids, it's about the same thing. You know what? <laughs> you know what I've learned that side of it? Mike Peters said to me today, he said, I bet you were a race car driver that showed up at the track, showed up at the track and really didn't say that much, didn't give nobody a hard time, raced and went home. And I said, you know, that was pretty much it most of the time, probably 90% of the time or better. That is, I went there, relaxed, raced, and went home. And uh, I, I have seen a different side of it a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, I thought softball players was the most controversial yeah. thing. And, uh, you know, race car drivers like to talk racing all day long, every day, seven days a week. So, I've, you know, I've gotten an earful, you know. And uh, I, I tell you the other thing that's kind of neat on this series, too, not to change the subject, but this asphalt race is really something neat. Uh, I, I showed up at Charlotte County Speedway. I want to say I was around 24 years old somewhere between 24 and 27, that range. And I showed up, and I'd never driven a race car in my life. And I went up there, and I said, man, I'm going to get me a race car because I can finally afford one. And I bought a race car, and sure enough, you know, the third race of the year, I was there racing when a points deal started. And uh, that was the first time I'd ever been on a racetrack. And one of the, the, the next most controversial thing, other than the motors, is the, uh, you know, asphalt race at Charlotte County Speedway. And it, it really has. I mean, a lot of guys have come up and said, Mick, you know what you got to do to make me run this points deal because some guys are, you know, just not, not gung-ho about running on asphalt. And a lot of it is the makeup of the cars. You know, they're not the stock front clip car that can take a beating anymore. They're, you know, and that's what they're concerned about. But, you know, I committed to Bobby to do this race, and, you know, that's where I'm going to do it. But that's kind of why I stuck with one asphalt race because it, it is very controversial. Is that the last race? I mean, is it the last race of the year? Uh, no, sir, it's not. It actually falls uh, near the middle of the year. I want okay. To say, okay. You know, the middle of the year. It, uh, but, you know, here's the way I looked at that, too. I mean, whether it's NASCAR or go-kart racing or whatever, from kids right up to the best of the best, if you want to be the champion, you know, you've got to be able to adapt and run on all things. And, you know, there might be some guys that don't run that deal, but, you know, I talked to a lot of the top guys and a lot of the young guns and asked them what they thought about it, and, you know, they were gung-ho to go. It didn't matter to them. So I feel like a champion that can go to Georgia, go to Alabama, go down and race on the baseball-type play that they have in Clouston and then go to Waycross, Georgia, and race on an oil-based dirt track that's as close to asphalt as you can get and then race on an asphalt track. I figured that's going to be a true champion when we're done with this thing, you know. Yeah, I have to say, you know, you have to you have to really believe in your series because obviously it's kind of like the ARCA deal in reverse. Absolutely, one, one dirt, one dirt race. That's right. And yeah, I mean that. I mean, I have to say, I know a lot of people that go that just already count themselves out as far as that race because obviously 
but they do have to. That's a whole different car that they take. Um, and obviously, like I said, how is it going to work down there? Are they, are they literally going to bring that exact car, Ken? Is that how they're going to do it? Um, yes, sir. They're going to, you know, there'll be some messing with the suspension. They'll race different tires. They'll lock some things down. But, you know, they're going to bring those cars. Uh, my knowledge of it is I went to Auburndale Speedway years ago, and a man by the name of Garvey, his last name was Garvey, he, I can't remember his first name. I can't remember where he came from. Uh, but he came there, and they were racing two nights in a row, and he kicked their butt so bad on Friday, they paid him, but everybody was complaining. A lot of the big-time boys from the ASA up north and a lot of guys, they were complaining so bad, the promoter said, I'm going to go ahead and pay you, but don't come back tomorrow. Right. Yeah, don't ever you know, come back. Yes, sir, because from what I understand, these these, ass, these dirt late bottles, when they're hooked up on asphalt, uh, are actually faster than the asphalt late models. I mean, I've got to see it, you know, with my own eyes to believe it, but it's what I understand. Well, I mean, yeah, I can see once you did get them hooked up, yeah, I mean, I can, I, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I really have no idea. Like you said, it's, it's obviously something to come in and see, that's for sure. And, and then, Bobby, once again, Jack, as you talked about promoters, man, Bobby definitely at the top of the list as far as that goes. So. Well, willing to take a chance anyway, you know, and, and that's the that's what you got to do, isn't that – isn't that part of it? I mean, one of the things about the promoters that, and I've been, you know, I've been aware of uh, promoters in, uh, like you talked about baseball and other sports and, and stuff. And you know, I too have followed other sports all my life and been involved in in other sports besides racing. And a lot of times you can make comparisons and whatnot. But recently, I've been studying a lot about some of the promoters from the '30s and '40s and '50s and '60s in racing, and there's no doubt. You have to be a gambler. Yes, sir. I, I believe you're correct. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I threw, I mean, I've been blessed. You know, God blessed me with a good job and a good, you know, of course, the housing market's down right now. But over the years, I can't complain. I mean, you know, I've been, I've, been, I've worked hard. Now, don't get me wrong. I've worked many as seven days a week. I'm, I'm, I just took my daughter, my oldest daughter, Brittany, to go uh, pick out her class ring. And I'm going back home. And when she goes to bed, I'm going back to work as soon as I say goodnight to the other two and my wife and i'll probably work till two three in the morning that's a fact people that know me are probably smiling somewhere because they know that's true they can call me from a night job and i'm awake uh, <laughs> but that's just the way i tick and uh you know i threw that ten thousand dollars to win out there with with really i had no sponsor other than my own businesses at the time that's and, scary uh, that's scary yes, <laughs> yes it is but you know what's really comical and what i love about this thing there's been people from all over the racing world on dirt that have asked people that raced my deal last year, they said, will this guy come through? I mean, can you count on him? And that's one thing I'm very proud of. You know, Sean Smith, Roger Krause, Keith Nosvich. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Marshall Austin, Jeff Conyers, one after another has told these people, yes, he's going to come through, which is a fact. I mean, I, I can tell you whatever's on that piece of paper I'm going to come through with, and, uh, you know, they're not going to leave, you know, with me not living up to my word. That I guarantee you. Well, that means a lot to these drivers, you know, and obviously, like I say, sticking to the rules and just doing what you say you're going to do, that, that is, you know, you've beaten 80% of the people out there. So I think it's a great deal. You guys have obviously come together at the right time. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how you see dirt race, and obviously there's been, an, to me, there's almost been a revolution. It, to me, it's, it, 
I'm, I'm, I'm almost like an awakening has gone on for me, and it's like I said. I, now I look back and think, man, how did I ever do the other? Yeah, Ken, I can I got it. Let me let me stick my two cents in here. This guy, Scott McAllister, a year ago we were talking. I mean, we were talking about this stuff all the time. A year ago, you couldn't. He wanted nothing to do with dirt. Now he's announcing it East Bay on Saturday, Ocala on Friday. He's all about dirt. Go figure. And I'm telling you, it's like I told him the other night, I am ate up with it. And it's like I said, not that there's anything wrong, because I'm sure I'll go back. But I looked at that Daytona place and I thought, how did I ever watch this for hours and hours and hours of this? I don't know how I ever did it. Um, You know, obviously I'm an asphalt guy, too. You know, I, I started going to dirt as a kid, and, uh, you know, I... But I, but I am an asphalt person. I mean, I've been to every asphalt track in the southeast. And uh, when I, I walked away from racing for about four years because, again, I had other loves, and I really, really, really wanted to finish out playing a little competitive softball. And I played some Roy Hobbs baseball, just things I wanted to do, you know. And I wanted to spend some time with my daughter and my family, you know. And uh, But long story short, uh, the time I was away, because the last year I raced, I raced that Jackaroo Sportsman Series, and we traveled all over, uh, you know, with my car. We, you know, we raced a little bit everywhere. But that was I a good walked, series, too, man. That was a good series I, back then. I enjoyed it. It was a tough series. I mean, I made all the races, but it was tough. I mean, I tell you that, very tough. And I was probably a mid-marker car, but I had a great time, and it was a very competitive series. And uh, But long story short, uh you know, again, same thing with this Cliffton track. There's so many things that have that have come to mind. I mean, one of my childhood guys that I used to see win all the time back north was Will Cagle. And uh, I seen Will Cagle at run at East Bay, and my dad said, look at him, watch him. And he had everybody covered till he got a flat tire. And uh, then the Cliffton track, that track, my father spread water on that track when I was a, a, a young teenager. And, uh, you know, we went out there to race uh, with a lot of guys and, you know, most, a lot of the old-timers around my area, in Cliston, LaBelle, Okeechobee, you know, they ran that track. And, you know, I tried to honor some of those guys, you know. But long story short, when they opened that track, I went back out there, and I literally got hooked on the dirt. And then I started traveling, and, you know, I don't know, man. I said, the dirt is just so exciting, you know. And asphalt, to me, I mean, I still love a lot of the guys. I mean, when I go, I, sure. it's, like a, yeah. it's, it's like I was never away. When I went to Charlotte County, I was hanging out with Ron Regula and, so a lot of the guys from Holly I raced with and yeah. you know, different ones. And um, Joe Winchell, you know, different ones that I raced yeah. against. And uh, But long story short, man, I was watching big races with 12 and 13 cars run around for 50 laps, nose to tail. And the only way they could pass is if somebody rooted somebody out of the way. And I just, you know, Bobby put a lot of excitement in it because he brought the class, you know, tried to bring quite a few classes together. And, you know, but other than that, I, I don't know, man. I've, I've been a little bored with it lately. Well, you know what? What it, I think a lot of it uh, it comes down to, um, you know, a lot of asphalt late model races, um, they're somewhat like uh, one run shutouts. You know, uh, you know, like where where a baseball game goes like, and you get one run scored. Or you know, some people like those games, but lots of fans these days they want home runs. And I think the excitement of that is prevalent there on the dirt late models and sprint cars and so forth because there is so much passing, there is so much activity, there's so much sensory stuff going on that I think that really is, kind of like Scott said, I think it's coming more into its own now than maybe it was in the past even 
because it I think it's hitting the nature of of us, you know, and, and our society that we we're in here today. Yes, sir, absolutely. And I, I tell you, you know, Wayne Anderson for one. You know, uh, of course, Richard Pratt will be running this weekend. You know, Friday he'll be competing in a race. And uh, but you know, Wayne and a lot of these guys. There's been a lot, a lot of other guys I've heard lately throw their names in the hat that they're going to get a dirt late model. I mean, I've heard it a lot lately. Well, of course, Mike Bresnahan went out and got yep. him once, so he'll be over at Ocala and, and running, a course, I'm sure, on Saturday night somewhere. And then, like you said, Wayne got one, and we're looking forward to see Jeff Choquette bring his piece out there. And, you know, it's, it's been a long time since Ivan and Lloyd has been back over to Ocala. So, you know, we're looking forward to that. And so that was what I was going to ask you about is, man, some of the names you got in your series, I know you know you've been you've been doing it, but still now all of a sudden once again, and it's just maybe I'm just becoming aware. But man, you got some names in the series kicking this thing off. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got a lot of the you know the names you mentioned, and then I mean, you know David Smosh joined the series the other day, and David's won quite a few championships at East Bay. He's the most recent points championship, you know, champion winner, and you know both the Nazishes, um You know, I mean, I. You know, Roger Krause has won I don't know how many championships. I mean, Jeff Matthews. Jeff Matthews, yeah. He uh, contacted me. We t- Actually, I contacted Jeff today to ask him if he's going to be there. He said, absolutely. And then, uh, from what I understand, Noble, uh, he's going yeah. to be a tough customer. And, you know, uh, you know, um, I- I'll be honest with you, there's no clear-cut favorite. I mean, you know, Sean Smith's a tough customer. Brett Carlton from down my way. Uh, Richard Wheelahan, you know, ran some Southern All-Star races. There's some names that I know of that, like Tyler Ivey, I don't know. I think you guys had him on earlier, maybe? Yes. Yep, we talked to him earlier. Man, Tyler's as good as you get. And there's quite a few other guys uh, contacted me. Cone is really tough. I talked to his dad, Gary Cone, today, and he's going to be real tough this weekend. Um, There's a lot of guys, you know, they told me, you know, we're not coming just to race. I mean, everybody says that, but uh, there's a lot of these guys truly believe they can win, you know, and – you know, Shane Williams. It's going to be a big deal there. That first race at Ocala, as we talked about. I mean, Mike's been working hard. To, it, first of all, the place is going to be packed. I mean, it's going to be packed with people and uh, with fans, not just you know filling up the backside with with pit members. This is going to be packed to the gills with fans. And then you, like I said, you guys are going to be showing up there. It's going to be a heck of a show. I mean, this is whoever wins this. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah, you know, I made a comment today, and I really believe this to be true. I told Mike Peters, I said, Mike Peters, this is going to be the biggest dirt late model event for a 3,000-win race ever in Florida, I mean, ever. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I have to say that. I mean, you have people, like you said, I bet your phone is ringing off the hook. It, uh, I, to be very honest, and this is just being honest, that's why I'm going to work all night tonight uh, because on my at, uh, my dealership, I was fielding so many calls that I w- actually went home, and I've been working at home. I'm going to work at home tomorrow. I worked at home today, and I spent probably 80 percent of my time on the, uh, you know, on the phone. And it, and it was with drivers. It was with Mike. It was with media. I mean, because keep in mind, I've got another race eight days later at New Henry County Speedway, and you can't wait to Monday morning to start ra- ra- writing articles for that big race for the second one. So I'm steady on the radio and media and different things down here, working on the second one as the first one is about to take place. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we, we talked about all these guys we talked about. I mean, 
we've got almost every track champion in the area coming. I'm Billy Costello's the the uh, North Florida Speedway champion. He'll be there. Um, you know, there's just one after another. Al Larson, unfortunately, I think he's going to be there. I don't know what his condition is going to be. He barrel rolled his car there at Ocala practice, but he won, you know, the Putnam Points Championship this year, and uh, I know that was a big setback for him. And, and I know we're not. We won't mention any names, and I know promoters and, and series owners. But I'm, I'm here to tell you there could be some some national names there as well. So, I mean, we, once again, I think it's just really important that people know if they they want to get out there and they want to get there early. Get there early. <laughs> I mean, I can't say it enough. Please get there early because it will be packed in there. And the cool thing about it is, it's right off I-75, easy to get to. You know, I want to run one thing by you too. And I agree with that 100% because it's a beautiful facility. Uh, he's done an awesome job, and, uh, but the pits are, you know, they do get a little tight, you know, and uh, all those big rigs there at one time, you know, obviously, you know, this is probably going to be the most big rigs that have possibly ever been to Ocala Speedway because you figure when it was dirt before, you didn't have as many people that had 40 and 45-foot trailers, 44-foot trailers, you know, back right. then, so... You know, I got some calls about that today. and uh, right. you know, I don't doubt that it's going to be packed in the pits and overflowing. Yeah, yes, Which sir. Which is a good problem to have. That's a good Absolutely. problem to have, man. No, so no. Actually, we, we've been the other way. And, and once again, Ken, as you, were, as you alluded to, in the asphalt side, oh, no, there's always plenty of room back there. But when uh-huh. all of a sudden you start talking about, you know, 50, 60 cars coming in and, and big haulers, it feels up quick. And uh, Ken, on on Thursday, we're going to start uh, uh, promoting around the uh, country uh, on other uh, websites and, and message boards and so forth around the country about uh, the broadcast from the track and uh, from Real Racing USA. And uh, so, hopefully, we can get get a lot of people around the country uh, keying into that whole deal. We're going to get Rick Angie's better. So when he gets down there, once again, yeah, he'll be better. He'll be all right. Yeah. He'll be all right. I think right. he's going to come down regardless. I think unless he, you know, has to drag the the nurse. And yeah, the I, with. yeah. Ken, Ken's already twisted his arm. I'm sure he'll be there. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there's one other thing I want to mention to you too. You know, one big thing that was pounded in my head by fans. I don't want to say so much uh, racetrack owners, promoters, or even drivers, but what was uh, put in my mind was that. At the last two asphalt races I went to, that I went to, the fastest cars was in the front, yep. right off the bat, and they checked out. Yep. You know, and uh, my series, what we do is we draw from the heat race winners and sometimes first and second place. Now, in this particular event, I'm definitely throwing a bone to the guys that went, you know, that win the heat races because I believe we could have five, six, seven heat races, so I don't want to bury a guy 14th for winning the first heat. Um, but what the plan is, sorry, give me one. Okay, what what the plan is here is to uh, draw the pills right on the front straightaway in front of the fans so they can build the excitement to see who starts on the pole second through whatever the heat races are, you know, for for, uh, for the winners of the heat race, you know, so that way – automatically, you know, it, we're going to shuffle the deck a little bit. 
you know, yeah, you gotta, and, I mean, that's yeah, that's a cool thing about Jarvis, man, is that, hey, they don't mind starting in the back. I mean, you don't even get paid double points or double money. They just start in the back, brother. They don't have a problem. Well, look what uh, – what, who was that at uh, East Bay on the last night when uh, Billy Moyer won? But uh, didn't Pearson – wasn't that uh, Earl Pearson that came from almost dead last to take yeah, second? He, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, they, they do it all the time. And, you know, that's what I mean. When you come here to Ocala, we don't know that there's that unknown that's going to be out there. But, man, I'm here to tell you, the dirt racing in general, and I expect to see this on Friday night, it's going to come down to the final turn and the final last lap, final turn coming out of turn four. You're going to see them cars sideways, and I bet you they're going to be three wide, just like it was over at East Bay. And you're right, Jack. I mean, it was Earl Pearson Jr. He came from the back flying with like four laps to go, flying the field. You know, that's my hopes. My hopes are, you know, because, again, you know, I, I'm doing this deal because I love racing, just like you guys are doing this radio program tonight. Um, you know, racing was my first love out of a baby carriage. I mean, uh, you know, from racing little matchbox cars around the living room mm-hmm. to drawing paper cars. I mean, that's been my deal my whole life, other than, you know, when I was, you know, involved with, with some other sports. But the majority has always been racing. And, um, I want to see the fans have a great time. I want to see the drivers have a great time. I mean, you know, obviously there's going to be some guys that have some really good days Friday, and there's going to be some guys that have a bad day Friday. You know, I just want to make, like you said, keep the rules even, uh, give them the best opportunity to have a fair start. And, um, you know, Mike's definitely put a lot of time in the facility, and uh, I just want to make it a really exciting thing. I don't, I want it to be... When people walk away from there, they remember this race, you know. Well, but I, believe me, the excitement will be there. Yeah, no doubt. The excitement be there. I mean, the excitement is there now, and it has it. It's raining here, and the excitement's still here. Now, you know, that's a cool thing. We've already looked at the weather. The weather looks is going to be great. Um, so, you know, yeah, the excitement is going to be overflowing at Ocala Speedway on Friday night. And this this leap year, you know, event is is just going to be one that you definitely want to be a part of. And we've been talking here for the last uh, 45 minutes or so with Ken Kenny. And uh, if you tuned in late, uh, of course, this whole whole deal, this whole show, like all the other shows on Real Racing USA, will be available in our archives later tonight. And you can listen to it, download it to an iPod or whatever. And uh, Ken's covered a lot of, lot of territory tonight, and I really appreciate it. Final thoughts, uh, Ken, as you get ready for your biggest racing day of your life? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I just hope anybody that's on the fence, uh, you know, whether they're going to come or not or, you know, can get off a little bit earlier work or, you know, they've got some extra work to do Friday. I'm just hoping they set it aside and come out there and be a part of history because this truly is going to be a historic event, you know, uh, at Ocala Speedway. And, again, I'd like to thank right now you guys, the drivers, the, the crews, the fans, you know, in, in advance, um, you know, it. This is going. You're right. Again, I've had a lot of anxiety the last two days because it's a, it's really starting to get to me. But I, you know, I just want everybody to come out and have a fantastic time. And you know, yeah, man, when you're out there in that frustrated way and there's just cars out there and you've got an awesome night of racing, holy smoke, man, it's going to be so worth it. I am getting so jacked up right now, man. It is. Believe me, it will be so worth it, and you will have this feeling of you. Euphoria come over you when you see those cars out there. It's, it's <laughs> yes, going to be a feeling like you've never had. 
And I'll tell you one last thing as I let you go. I really believe that there's going to be a huge amount of cars that are not even on that list. I really believe that because Kip's had a ton of calls. And I said, Kip, you got to start getting the names because there's one guy calling from somewhere saying he's bringing two cars, and we don't even know who he is. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be so exciting, you know, just just terribly exciting for everybody. All right, Kim. You'll be up on the chipper, as you know, as we said earlier today. Be real riding, baby, here at Ocala Speedway. Now we know we know you're going to be up all night working, but uh, get rested up a little bit before Friday, man. You want to enjoy every minute of this one. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very, very much, man. All right, Ken. All thank right. you. We'll talk take to you care. soon, man. All right, yeah, take care, Kenny, guys. man. Kenny, right here on Real Racing USA. Yeah, Jack, you think you'll get any sleep for the next uh, 36 hours? <laughs> He's pretty yeah, that's not bad for an A-Main, huh? Jeez, man, what a show. Holy smoke. This whole thing, man, the Ocala Speedway deal is just going to be, just the whole thing is really cool. Uh, I'm happy for Mike. I'm happy for myself. I'm happy for everybody here in the, you know, to the racetrack here in Ocala that, well, Scott, that wants to race here. It's just, it's just going to be a great night and a great year. Uh, Scott, it's amazing. You know, as we alluded to a few times, we joked about, uh, you know, uh, Scott McAllister not really being yeah. much into dirt or all. We've joked about that a few times during the show. And, and it's just amazing when you look at the confluence of events that have come together, the things that have all come together. It started two or three years ago. I mean, you know, two, three years ago, Ken Kenny wasn't even anybody's. He wasn't on the map here with, with uh, being a promoter, really. And, uh, you know, and you weren't involved in dirt. Mike Peters was had bought a, just bought a racetrack and was trying to figure out how to make it work. And, you know, of course, the Armstrongs, like like uh, B.J. Cavan said, and, and it's a very good point to make, there was a lot of things that went behind that. They came in there, they took Ocala Speedway and put a ton of money into it and, and uh, really fixed up the facility big time. Mike came in and Angie and put some finishing touches on it, and he went out and he saw that there was something that was wrong with this picture. He went out, he studied the racing scene in detail, and meticulously really studied what was going on in the racing deal and came up with, we need to go back to where we came from. And, uh, I think that's what, I mean, what, like I say, you I mean, it's just a leap of faith that he's taken. Uh, you know, he's put, obviously, money, and, and you know, the most important thing, he's put time because you can't get that back. He's put a lot of time into it. So when you come out to this track, it's going to be, you know, especially this first night, madness. It, it will be a madness, and and it's a circus every single night. But this, this initial night, like I said, I think that literally they're going to have more cars than, than what they thought. So, you know, you just want to kind of give these guys a break. And, and once again, Ken, Kenny, and those guys, they've been working so hard, um, you know, and, and to put on a good show here. So um, I just think it's going to be a great night. And, yeah, what a leap of faith Mike, Mike had to take. Mike and Angie both had to take and, and go with their instincts, and they came up with a comprehensive plan, and they're going to see it through. Absolutely. And, uh, Scott, I really appreciate you coming in here and uh, taking over uh, with uh, Rick Angie's being out tonight, man. And, as always, it's always fun. And you know what? I've, I told the guys, man, we got to go back and do some of them live shows because that was a uh, – I think it's time for us to – Get back out there and do some of those shows live again, like we used to. I agree, man. It's always it's always fun. And hey, having me on this week will guarantee your your ratings will go. Oh, up. no doubt. Oh, no doubt, man. Next week, when when Rick comes back, they'll be like, oh, God, <laughs> thank goodness, that guy's not on But no, hey, it, it's been a real it's, as always been a, an honor. Tell Rick, I hope he gets better. Tell all the gang down there, I hope everybody 
uh, recover from their illness. We're looking forward to seeing Cece up here as well as, of course, uh, uh, the rest of the game from down there. And, um, you know, we'll see you guys Friday. And once again, get here early or, you know, you're going to risk not getting a seat. Believe me, uh, it's like I say, Mike said he won't turn anybody away. But it, <laughs> the fire marshal is going to have something to say about that sooner or later. So I don't know. Uh, just get there early and, uh, We'll look forward to seeing you guys, and thanks for having me on Wheel Racing USA. Yeah, and to uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, we have uh, Straight Lining with Stevie. That's a drag racing drag racing show on uh, eight o'clock. Oh, and so man, yeah, yeah, guys are uh, Stevie's one of the best uh, best drag racing uh, announcers in the country, and uh, he's one of the top guys out there doing this, and yeah. he does that show. Then we have the uh, ASA Late Model Show, and I got to say, just before we get out of here, man, the uh, a lot of the music that we play on the, all of the Real Racing USA shows, a lot of the music comes from a guy named Dan Toller, and uh, is one of America's uh, very best guitar players, dantoller.com, and we really appreciate him uh, allowing us to, to use his music. And they do have a new album out that uh, he and some of the guys from, from the past got together, and uh, it's Brothers of the Southland, old Southern Rock guys got together and put together a CD and go over to MySpace and find all that stuff over there. But... Dan Toller, thank you, man. And he really is one of the world's, I mean, literally, one of the, he's one of the world's uh, best. Good oh, man. yeah, he's no doubt. Smoking, man. He's smoking. And, uh, hey, real quick, I just want to let you know, hey, Dennis, this is for you, bud. Uh, yeah. uh, so, once again, we're thinking about those guys. And, man, come on out. Ocala Speedway is going to be a blast. We look forward to seeing everybody out there. All right. Good night, folks.
Following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. The night was clear and the moon was yellow and the leaves came tall. 